All right, we're back on. Welcome back. This is Shane and Eric on the Rick team. Um, today we are in Long Beach, California, sitting on the back of my sailboat. Uh, beautiful day down here in Long Beach. It was almost 80 degrees, perfect awesome. weather. So we just thought we'd catch up with everybody. It's been a while. So what's happening, brother? Dude, I'm sitting here with my right arm just, what's this thing called? <laughs> That's a winch. <laughs> a winch. <Yeah. laughs> Not the good kind of winch. The winch, <laughs> the winch for the ropes, um, the lines. Yeah. No, just sitting here looking out the city of Long Beach, and we had a pretty productive day today. Um, I got to say, we haven't done a podcast for a little bit, but it's nice to get back, and I'm really excited to talk about some of the things we're going to talk about today. And after having a really productive day at the uh, Newport Beach First Responder um, Health and Wellness Program, um, it was a big insight to me, and I got to see a different perspective from a different program I went to. I know that's a different program you went to. Um, so, yeah, just kind of we're going to talk about anger and loneliness today. But as far as my life story the past couple months, it's been a lot of awesome stuff with uh, the Celt Ganglion Block. We did a podcast on that a couple months ago, and I could say, man, it has changed my life. And uh, the calmness I have, the gratitude, thankfulness, um, the work, I didn't stop the work. Um, the work now just sticks. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the partnerships we've been doing with Stella, some of the stuff we're going to be working on um, in the future. And uh, just life is good, man. Life yeah, is right actually great. <laughs> Can't complain. I start uh, college finally is coming through, um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, man. He one thing that I think is freaking awesome, though, is I think we talked about this a little bit ago. Is did I talk about my headaches went away? I think you did mention that with the yeah. SGB. Mm -hmm. So if anybody You're out there still... suffers from something like that, this might help. That <laughs> yeah, still, oh, still, I'm great. Same on yep. that. I'm great, yeah. man. That's yeah. awesome. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I um, I did both the the DSRs back in, at the end of November. Um, I had uh, when this all started, and I brought all this back, and we talked about it. I had only had the single injection SGB in April, and, and uh, of last year, obviously when I was at the uh, Center of Excellence, I didn't even know much about it. I mean, I've I've told the whole story multiple times, but uh, as we partnered with Stella and it it, it grew and grew, um, we're up to almost forty people that we've referred through that have gotten the shots and it's, you know, majority of them, it's, it's changed our life. Like we were looking at the data the other day, it's about an 83% resolution of the majority of symptoms. Yeah. M majority of those people, it's like a full resolution of their symptoms. Their scores are, they go from fairly high to almost nothing in terms of like their trauma scores. So we know it works. We know that people are doing the work and it's cool stuff to see. Um, but I, so I was able to get both my right and my left done at the end of November. Um, so, you know, a lot of questions about like, how long do these things last and stuff? Like I didn't really need, I didn't feel like I needed to go in and do it. Um, but, um, I did it just so that I can speak intelligently about the, the dual sympathetic resets and to see if it added. And it did. I mean, it, it added another layer. Uh, you and I've talked, I've slowed down how I talk sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I still can get going and talk fast, but, um, I just, uh, after my left side, dude, I was like sore for like a week. It was weird. It was, I felt like I'd been through like rounds and rounds of jujitsu really you know, after, a week huh yeah for like a week my muscles and body were just kind of achy sore like i'd been through a hell of a fight or a 
you know, like a, a football game or something where I was just, you know, so even though I felt pretty chill from that first shot I had back in April, I must have been holding on to some tension and anxiety throughout my body in different ways. Um, but, and overall, yeah, still sleeping good, still, you know, feeling, feeling pretty calm, like you're saying, uh, things that normally spin me out uh, way back in the day. I mean, there's still, you know, I just laugh about a lot of it now and um, we've made a lot of progress with lots of people. Today was definitely um, very beneficial. We, we were able to go down as guests and tour the First Responder Wellness Center. So for anybody that's listening, um, that's a facility that's located in um, Newport Beach is where their actual facility where they do the, the therapies and the groups and things like that. Um, they also have residential houses where the patients will, will stay. And there's actually various locations. So we went through the, kind of the rundown and an overview of their program. It was very cool. So all that information is available online for anybody that is interested. And if you wanted to reach out to one of us, if you need any sort of help or connection with that, um, we can do that as well. But uh, other than that, man, we're just uh, got a lot going on, a lot in the works. You know that. Yeah. Sorry. As you're talking, I'm trying to find the number so at least they can have a number to uh, call and reach out. But it's, yeah, it's in Newport Beach and the... The purpose of that program is they actually have like a like inpatient um if if you need that and uh would you call it inpatient correct right yeah theirs is a residential treatment. Re residential, so residential is different uh, residential sorry yeah. and they're going to do an outpatient online and stuff i mean they have they offer it all you can go online and see what they offer but what was cool was us going and vetting it today from a perspective of just seeing it and knowing that it's one more resource to direct people towards yeah so, yeah for sure but um yeah, other than that, man, it's been, you know, been pretty busy <laughs> yeah. in a good way. Yeah. So, but we wanted to get back into our topic-driven stuff just to have conversation again. And it sounds like you had some people reaching out to you about specific topics. Yeah. Had a few uh, reach out to me. Um, in the past few months, there's been a lot of, quite a few tragedies that have happened. Uh, we, a prior department I worked for, we lost... Um, a really good buddy of ours. Uh, he was actually training for the fire and police uh, motorcycle event. And anyone that's listening to this, um, you guys probably know who I'm talking about if you're down here from the SoCal area, uh, Jared Shepard. And uh, he was an engineer with Apple Valley and a great, great guy. But what that did is uh, he hit a jump wrong and it's, it was a fluke accident of how he died. He coded on the way to the hospital, uh, a wife and kids and, um, you know, very unexpected. And so that threw a lot of guys, um, through a lot of different feelings and emotions and feelings and emotions they know they didn't have at, at, at the moment. And so a lot of guys are reaching out to me and, hey, how, how, how did you get through this? Or, you know, what are some techniques you have used? I feel this way. I feel that way. Um, you know, the, the, the stages of grief and, and different things. And a lot of the topics that I – and Jared Shepard was a close friend of mine. We actually went to Fire Academy together, and we've known each other since we were teenagers. And it's just tragic to lose someone so close and so fast. Um, but you know, it's, it's life. We move on and we got to figure out how to process this stuff. And in that process, there's a lot of different paths and journeys you can take to kind of 
heal yourself and, and heal with your friends. And so some of the topics that uh, the guys have reached out to me about have been uh, more like anger and loneliness. And they are not sure if they're the only ones that feel that way. And I said, of course, it's normal to, to, to feel anger and to feel lonely. And things they've asked, is it is it the job? Is it the event? That's just the event that happened local. But then I've had some other buddies reach out from other apartments that weren't involved with that incident. Um, and uh, just so a lot of these guys are at the 15-year mark, I would say. And they're just like, man, my marriage isn't doing too well. I'm just kids and I'm just burnt out and you know just trying to play that role and come home and be happy but then they're not present and they're just like I'm burnt out I want to do a career change man you know how are you feeling some of my a lot of my buddies know I got the medical retirement I'm not that I wanted that but they are like hmm hey man good for you bro like that's pretty cool right and uh, I'm like well there's a lot of things that come along with that too along with anger and loneliness because it's a whole identity shift but the more I'm talking to these guys, I'm really realizing how it's a topic that, and with the, yeah, you guys sorry, all hear the, you're going to hear the helicopter, helicopter. over us, <laughs> little ghetto bird. Uh, you know, how anger and loneliness are something that was a good topic to hit. And what I'm really happy about though, man, is they're actually able to recognize their feelings. And I'll ask them questions like, hey, what's some of the things you're kind of, you're struggling with and they start opening up and they're just like, yeah, man, I'm just feeling, you know, anger and lonely. When I come home, I, I, I'm not feeling any connection with my wife or my kids. And if something is out of place, I just, I just get pissed and I want to, I want to, you know, go crazy and fight stuff we always talk about. And so that's why I talk about the SGB shot so much because out of all the work that I've done and even like with uh, the program we went to today, um, it really does reset a lot of those irritations and uh, your hypervigilance and, and your anxiety and that anger and loneliness will now, it will go down so much. And I personally feel like, yes, you got to go to therapy, you do all these, you know, these modalities, um, but if you're feeling angry or lonely, I mean, hit us up. I will send you the links. Um, but start doing some research on your own and go Google the stellate ganglion block. Um, if I was told this three years ago, that would have made me feel less alone. That would have taken some of my anger down because what this, what the shot does is it, it doesn't numb that stuff, but it lessens all those emotions. And now, depending on what you're angry about or you're feeling lonely about, you're not trying to escape the feeling. You are facing the feeling head on. Does that make sense? Um, and so I feel like that's a good place to start researching and knowing, hey, if I can't get rid of these feelings on my own, maybe going to therapy or journaling or meditating or whatever, these are different tools you can use. The SGB is another tool I feel like really, really helps you not be so pissed off, <laughs> right? 
What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think um, if anybody is actually having the wherewithal to recognize that anger is an issue, then you know you're already at the point where you need to get some help. Yeah. Like, and what that means is you don't necessarily have to go to a, a facility. You don't have to. I mean, the SGB, we're huge proponents of it. You don't even necessarily have to get that. It's not that we're saying that's for everybody. But um, like the first thing is identifying it. So what does that look like? Well, the anger part is, is it irrational? Anger is normal. Like everybody's yeah. going to get mad. That's part of life. We, we hear it a lot after people get their, their dual sympathetic resets, their shots. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, I think it's wearing, quote unquote, wearing off. Right. And it's always funny because we know it wears off in the first 24 hours in terms of like the actual effect of the medication um, or the anesthetic. But it's a matter of like, yeah, but life still can suck. It still hits you in the mouth. Things happen. Things are going to piss you off. Like people are going to cut you off in traffic. You know, people are going to do dumb shit at work. I think about like the fire service and I think like it's actually like designed to make us insanely angry all the time. If you think about it, because it's it's like when if if our 911 system was actually functioning correctly, like we wouldn't be as busy as we are. You would only respond to true emergencies, which would not happen that often in a day. So you wouldn't be burned out from running 20 calls a day and 18 of them being nonsense to where your system is just in a constant flux of up and down, up and down. You don't even realize it because you're so numbed out. So how many times do you get up after midnight, between midnight and seven, and you go, oh, we got up nine times. And out of those nine calls, how many of them were bullshit? Well, probably eight of them. You know, how many times do people call you at three in the morning for the flu and you want to wring their neck because you're like, dude, you couldn't call us at 10 this morning or noon or like three in the afternoon. I mean, at some point, you had to wait till three in the morning when there's nothing on TV. Now you're bored. So you decided to call 911 to get a, a ride to the hospital for free. Yeah. We've all been there. And it's just it makes you insanely frustrated with life. Well, that doesn't change. The SGB doesn't fix that. No amount of therapy fixes that. No amount of anything fixes that. Like that, that comes to like you're going to have to at some point recognize that like that's part of this job. And if you can't figure out a way to like change your mindset on that. I don't see a fix for those things like that. Yeah. That doesn't change when you get mandatory. I mean, it's funny. My department, I can't even tell you, like, if I told some of the guys down here the amount of mandatories they get compared to us, it's out of control. And you know this. You've been up there with us. Um, my guys whine about one every month or two, you know, and there's guys down here getting mandatory six times a month, eight oh, times yeah. a month. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think that would cause some anger. That would probably make me mad when... Yeah, I don't literally have any control over when I can go home. I mean, you're literally a prisoner yeah. at the fire station when you think about it. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, and I think freedom is a massive value that all firefighters hold, you know, kind of dear. So when you're now have zero freedom, I mean, there's just these all these ingredients that keep going into the pot to make this perfect recipe for just being pissed off all the time. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's how do you change that? Well, I don't, I don't see how you do. The fire service is going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's a mindset thing for sure, where you just have to almost like laugh at it. You have to make it into like almost a game with yourself and your crew and, and just, you know, laugh at that eighth call after midnight, you know, laugh at going back to the same <laughs> homeless encampment for that warming fire again, yeah. that you know, is just nonsense. I mean, not, there's solutions to those things and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everything works that way, but as far as like, um, if you, if you're noticing in your anger though, that it's irrational that you're, it's disproportionate to the issue. So your example of like something's out of place at home and they want to go crazy. It's like, yeah, I've been there, you know? And then that is when you want to look at the root cause and that's the fight or flight. That's not, that's where you got to do a deep dive on what is the, what's the true motivating factor for your body to get ramped up like that? 
you know, and that's the fight or flight. I just raised my hand because I don't want to interrupt you. That's good. <laughs> so everybody <All> right. saw. <laughs> um, I want to just kind of clear up what I was talking about um, as far as, you know, going straight to the SGB. I guess my perspective on that initial perspective of what I was talking about was guys that were kind of hurting super deep, maybe not like a service level thing, but, you know, going back to what you're talking about of, you don't have to go to the SGB. You don't have to go to a, you know, a residential uh, living quarters like the Newport Beach First Responder Health and Wellness or IOH program or the Center of Excellence. I just wanted to clear up. I know I'm deep kind of quick on the SGB, but um, mine was more for like some more massive trauma. So I just want to clear that up. I wasn't trying no, to No, but like, you're right. I mean, the, uh, I just say you start out like, you know, we start at the lowest, move up. And basically, like, I know guys I've had conversations with who have said just listening to the podcast has made them realize a few things. And so they've made tweaks in their life and that's it. And yeah. it's worked for them. And yeah. so they're, and that's totally possible. It might just be really, really minor course corrections in the boat that keep you on track. Um, but that's where I think, like I said, if you're identifying that, um, man, this reaction isn't real proportionate to what's happening. Like, so that person cutting me off, sending me into a blind rage of wanting to rip the steering wheel off to where my <laughs> wife is afraid of me in the passenger seat, probably not a good thing. You know, um, a buddy of mine just got both sides done his shots. He's done a ton of work. Super good dude. Not, he's not an aggressive person by nature. He's actually very intellectual, very a good fireman. Um, he's one of our leaders. And, uh, he told me a story that after his shots, he had a road rage thing, but it was the opposite. Like a guy was road raging on him and he just stayed calm. He said, yeah. this guy, this guy just like, my buddy said he was slowing down. This guy was slowing down. So my buddy sped up, this guy sped up. And it was basically because my buddy cut him off. My, my buddy was the asshole driving, right? Which we've all been the asshole driving. Like other people were no assholes way, too, but, but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And so, and he goes, yeah, you know, I was trying to basically let the guy go, but he goes, so I just got off the freeway. Well, he drove into like a CHP center, like a station. And the guy still followed him in there and got out and was going to like try to fight my buddy. My buddy just walked into the CHP station was like, Hey, this guy's out here wants to kick my ass. You know, he's like, I cut him off. I was a day, you know? So the cops were like, Oh, happens all the time, you know? But we were talking about it and he goes, yeah, it was amazing. Dude. I didn't get all ramped up. I felt really, I, I felt calm in the situation. He goes, that yeah, sucked. But I, you know, and that was a, that was kind of an interesting story. But whereas that would have normally like set him off. Like there's other stories I've heard from him and other people where, They've done things in moments where it's like, dude, that was recklessly. Like, you just got yourself like you could have been hurt, killed, attacked. I mean, all these crazy things just because their anger overwhelmed them in a situation like that. Exactly. So, like, if you weren't able to keep calm in that moment, like, what would he have done? Yeah. You know, would he have run that guy off the road? Would he have pulled over and thrown down on the side of the road, pulled a tire iron out and beat the hell out of the guy? And then now all of a sudden, of course, some looky loo that's driving by videotapes that. And now my buddy's the bad guy. Yeah. And then the guy that gets his ass beat's going to, you know, pull the card of like he's the victim even though he initiated all this stuff and of course my buddy who's got the job and the income and you know something that this person can sue for and in today's world where it doesn't even matter what the truth is it's what the video shows i mean there's a lot of stuff you have to think about with these things there's consequences um especially the more you have to lose so i i just it, it seems like a small thing but if you really like think about that story in and of itself that's a big deal right there and yeah. it ties into like that you know anger and what the SGB will do for you if you're at that point where, you know, you're susceptible to an overreaction or a irrational reaction, you know. I think that's a good point is the irrational action. I mean, we need anger sometimes. Like it's okay to get, you know, to a certain degree of mad. You know, we get stuff done. You know, it's a good, 
we need a certain degree of stress. You know, if we're just always, you know, you don't want a bad anger, but you want rational decisions with harnessing the anger in the right place. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's what our job entails. How many times do we go on to, uh, I mean, not Fresno because you guys don't run that many medical aids, but everybody else out there. Um, <laughs> that's still the bulk of ours. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, you like you said, if we run those medical aids and uh, something comes out on the MDC of it's this type of call of uh, a kid or just some just some neglect, we kind of have this gut of like, are you freaking kidding me, man? And we automatically get angry and we have to calm that down, right? And we have to go into this this house or whatever and harness that into a very productive helping fashion and that's not always easy when you're burnt out when things at home aren't going right when your nervous system is all whacked out you are on a lack of sleep you haven't eaten you've ran however many calls you have the past few days you haven't seen your family you haven't seen your kids and now your nervous system is like um i'm just pissed right now and what sometimes what do we do we go onto that call and sometimes we well not sometimes a lot of the times everyone knows we, we may not treat that patient how they're supposed to get treated because we're burnt out. We are acting out of anger and that's not always the best thing to do. I know I'm for sure. Um, that's happened to me more than once and people have got pissed at me. They're like, dude, you can't talk to the patient like that, man. I'm like, Oh frick, my bad. And people have had to, to, to bring me back in cause you're just burnt the heck out, man. Yeah. You're tired. And, um, anyways, it's not good. So, we all suffer from that. And if you don't, hey, man, good for you. <laughs> but pretty sure we all do. And But so how do we harness that? Um, well, how do you how do you cut it off, too? I mean, here's a good example. So I just got my uh, my resets back at the end of November. And I uh, last week, I guess it was probably, the, it was like the week before last week, something like that. So uh, call it a week and a half ago. I noticed that I was starting to get a little irritable wasn't bad, but I could feel it was coming on. I was starting to get short. Like somebody asked me a question and like my wife would ask me a question and I, and I give her like a short answer and I kind of caught myself. And then I kind of, I said, I stepped back and I thought about it and I'm like, okay, why am I, why am I feeling this, this urgency to just like cut her off or to, to just answer quickly? Like, why am I not able to stop in this moment? And then I'm like, dude, I'm getting back into that pattern of working my ass off again because I worked uh, 72 hour shifts basically two months in a row on the weekends. So I work daylights Tuesday through Friday. Um, that's my normal training schedule. I'm 40 hours and then I come home at night. But basically all of November and December, I worked Saturday, Sunday, Monday, overtime in the stations. So I was all jacked off with my whole freaking uh, sleep schedule, eating. I mean, you know, you go to the station you yeah. eat, and, and then like you get run a bunch of calls and then Tuesday morning I get off from the station and then boom, go right to my office. We just started a rookie school in January, so there was a lot going on. We've got this, you know, new SCBA rollout. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff like always. Everybody's got a ton of things on their plate. But I had to recognize, like I said, about a week and a half ago, I was like, you know what, dude, I've been too full throttle, like I, like I, most of us tend to do. Mm -hmm. And I, so I actually, and it was funny, dude, because I, I got online and I forced myself to take like the shifts off for an entire to block off a week, basically. And it's not, dude, it's 40 hours of time. It's not a big deal, right? But it was so hard for me to <laughs> click it in there yeah. to take, because I was in my head. I'm like, 
I'm not doing anything. I'm not going someplace. I should just save this time and I could just work and I'll just work just my normal shifts is what I was telling myself, right? And then I'm like, dude, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get pulled in 10 different directions. I'm going to take on more projects. I'm going to end up spending 12 hour days instead of 10. And then the weekend's going to come and guess what? It's going to be overtime again. And I'm going to say, oh, you know what? I might as well. So I was like, nope, nope. So I forced myself to put it in. And dude, it was weird because um, I got off. I worked in overtime on Sunday and then I got off that Monday morning. And that was it, dude. I've been off since. I go back tomorrow. So I've had, uh, I think I had 10 days, no, eight days solid off away from the fire department. Like yeah. today, technically I was on duty because the department supported me going through uh, our tour. But um, it was just interesting. So, And that was because I noticed a little bit of anger. Not a lot. It was a very small, like it was impatience. And impatience, though, leads into becoming really angry. And that's the thing. It's like when guys ask us about the shot and what does it do, it's like it gives you the moment to react instead of, or to respond instead of the immediate reaction of just like overwhelming anger, overwhelming emotion. So like for me, I was able to respond in that moment like, you know what? It's on me. I've been working a lot. I need to step back. I need to figure something out. So then, hey, took the wife. We went over to Morro Bay, putzed around. Didn't do anything spectacular. Just had a nice little, you know, we, we have a cool little hotel we like there. Ended up, I got a wild hair one day. It was raining over there. I said, you know, let's go to a spa and do a spa day. So we did this whole spa day thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Way too good, right? Like we hadn't done anything like that in a while. So came home refreshed, felt good. It's like, hey, it was awesome. And I'm going to get right back to work tomorrow and things will be fine. But I have had this like eight day, just sort of like, reset if you will but it took noticing that little bit and it would have been real easy to keep on this path where that little bit becomes more and more and more and in six months maybe i'm back to where i was before i have no patience i'm getting angry you know and now things are suffering at home and i'm justifying it all because hey i'm making overtime mm -hmm. i'm working really hard yeah. i'm doing all this positive stuff well why is this a bad thing and it's like well sometimes you don't see that it's a bad thing on you but yeah. it is how do you feel First of all, how does your wife feel? Oh, yeah. I mean, she she was so happy this last week. You know, I mean, you've seen her today. She's been, yeah. She hasn't been here. She's walking around Long Beach, just happy as can be in the sunshine. And she loved it over on the coast. I mean, and it was funny. She said something to me yesterday that was pretty cool. We were driving down here. And, uh, and she said she had this little, like, epiphany. And she said, uh, I figured out what my, um, what my therapy is. And I said, yeah, what's that? And she said, being with you. And I started laughing. I was like, what do you want? <laughs> what are you buttering me They're up pretty for? Pretty simple, though. You know, but yeah, I mean, I was yeah. being a wise ass, of course. But yeah, uh, I, I started thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like mutual where you know, we just have fun together. We're stupid and silly and, and just have fun. And like I said, um, it was kind of it was kind of funny. I don't know if funny is the right word. It was cool in that moment to hear her have that epiphany. But at the same time, it's, it's weird when you think about it because it's like it seems so simple. Mm -hmm. But it was a big revelation to her that it was like, so, you know, to me, it reinforced, like, I made the right decision to take that time off just to be with her. Even though, again, we didn't do something spectacular. We didn't get on a cruise ship or fly to some tropical island. It's like, dude, last night when we got here to the boat, you know, I told you uh, we took the boat out for two and a half hours. I think all we were out. I mean, we didn't, we barely went to the lighthouse just off the break wall. It's not like it was some big voyage, you know, <laughs> we did yeah. four and a half miles total. But a spectacular sunset, 
flat glass day, you know, like unbelievable colors. And she was just over the moon. I, I was too. It was just so nice just to get out on the boat, you know, have the breeze in my face. Mm-hmm. And it's just those little things like that. But, um, no, I think that's great, man. I mean, this conversation is going in a different way, but I love it because anger, a lot of the things you hear with anger is my wife just doesn't understand. What do we do? You said it was nothing spectacular, right? Because yeah. what do we typically do as guys? Oh, I'm going to go buy you this. I'm going to go on this this badass trip over here. Let's go do this cool thing over here. And I think a lot of the times what we do is we we have to be extravagant to try to please the other person, your mate in particular, or you know your significant other, um, I think is the correct term <laughs> we can use now. Uh, but uh, simple things are sometimes the biggest treatment. And I think it's awesome that you recognize that dude because it took me many years to recognize that because how would you have reacted prior to the shot? Oh yeah. No, a year ago I'd have been pissed at her. Yep. Uh, Oh no. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it is very relevant to anger because the guys that ask us these questions about like, well, how do you do this? It's like, well, dude, it's a, it's an everyday commitment. And it means that like, when you notice something small, you can't ignore it. Yeah. You can't just dismiss it like, oh, I just had a bad day. I was a little irritable. Maybe I didn't sleep good or whatever. I didn't do that. I actually took it and looked at it with a microscope and was like, okay, am I making a bigger deal about this than it is? Or does this on the chessboard lead to something bigger? And then I saw, I was like, yeah, this will lead to back to resentment. Exactly. Back to anger, back to you don't appreciate shit. I'm working my ass off, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard it. We've all done it. And I'm like, you know what? No, I do have an obligation to, to disengage and not respond to every text, every call, every email. Um, because she is my wife and it's like, no, she's my priority as it should be. And, and I agree with you. Like, it's funny. Like, I think what we did was awesome. Right. We had a great time and it's super fortunate. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't classify it as like amazing. Cause we didn't like sail around the world or go to like some amazing Island for weeks on end. But it's just one of those where, um, my threshold, I suppose, when I look at it now, I'm, I'm guessing to every two months, I'm going to start doing kind of a, almost like a, a wellness check on myself of like, where am I at with my, my patience, my irritability, my sleep <laughs> yeah. schedule, am I eating? I told you I haven't been eating great for the last few yeah. weeks. And really when I think about it, it's probably even the last couple of months because of that weekend schedule in the firehouse where I'm eating two big meals with guys. And, and because it's weekends, a lot of times we're doing out meals out and stuff and so, you know, it's, but it all matters. It's all little, it feels like a little thing, not a big decision in that moment, but it's like they stack up yep. and, and that stack up eventually leads to the anger because then you start to feel like, man, there's so much going on and you feel like you're holding it together. And most of the time we're, we're pretty solid at work. It's home that's suffering. And so then of course your immediate reaction is to defend it with how good you are at work. And so then you're, you yep. put it on them and it's like, yeah, I mean, they, our, our, significant others have to meet us at some point in terms of like understanding what we what we have to deal with in our job but it's also not i love it when we had our one of our wellness nights i think i've said it before on the podcast one of the wives said it i thought just beautifully and she said i will not live in chaos so that you can feel normal and i've i've never forgot the way she said that and i was just like man that's that's perfect i should not ask my wife to live in chaos because i would love to live in chaos that feels good <laughs> right to me. I, that's right at home baby you know, yeah. um, but no, that's not, that's not even, it's not even rational to think that way, No, but uh-uh. it's there. Yeah. It's <laughs> not healthy, man. Yeah. You know, it's not healthy. And, uh, 
that's one of the things that, well, there's numerous things, but something they talked about uh, at the wellness uh, center today was that spousal support, mm-hmm. because exactly like you said, it's like our, we choose to be firemen or for, you know, first responder, you know, whatever career path you take, but we choose to be in chaos that keeps us busy. The majority of us, when we're sitting here, we're not, I mean, I can now with the SGB, but prior it's like, we're always on, like we're like hypervigilant a lot of the time. So it's hard to relax. So we take that stuff home and your wife or your significant other is just like, can you just chill for a sec? That goes to anger. Like you don't, what the heck I am chilling. Right. Then you'll get pissed at that or whatever. So um, that can then lead to loneliness. I've noticed because now you feel alone because they don't understand you. So now that anger is like, what the, what the hell? Like this person doesn't get me. My family member doesn't get me boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever. And now you go into this lonely state and you're like, well, I'm just going to freaking go work. So now you're angry. Now you're going to go back to work because you feel lonely at home. Nobody gets you. Your family doesn't get you, whatever the guys at work understand how I feel because now they're, they're talking about the same stuff. They're angry and they might be lonely. And now you guys are just feeding off of each other. And then boom, it goes to these divorces. It goes to this alcoholism. It goes to whatever it might, you know, whatever paths it might go down. So like you said, being proactive, man, and really realizing exactly what you just did can solve so many things. It's not going to solve everything. Sometimes things just are what they are, but, um, if you're, if, if you're able to recognize those triggers and you're able, you're able to recognize, Hey, I need to force myself to take some days off two, three, four, eight, two weeks, whatever it is. If you've got some time on the job, um, we've got sick and vacation, you know, to use it. Um, that's what it's there for. And, uh, you know, you don't, we do not need to bring our families down with, issues that we need to work out within ourselves and um well that and that's an important thing to recognize for people that are um you know if you're still trying to wrap your head around things like the the fight or flight let's say choose that as an example um that quote that i told you that guy's wife said i won't live in chaos for you to feel normal well think about that for a second so i come home and the house looks good. It's clean. I mean, my house is rarely ever dirty. You know, my wife and I keep it very nice. Just watch out. Watch but, out for the fingerprints on the um, the fridge, dude. I know, right? See, I know. <laughs> Can't have guests over. That's the no, problem. <laughs> um, but you come home, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, something's out of place. Now you now you overreact, right? So if you really think about like the mechanisms behind that, what's driving that? Like, why do you get so pissed off? Well, a lot of times, if things are going really good. It doesn't feel normal to us when we're stuck in the fight or flight, right? Because we're always on guard. We're always in the hypervigilant state. So sometimes, how about I just pick a fight? Because then I can feel normal. Because if I've got something to fight or someone to fight, then it will be okay. So that's the self-sabotage thing that they talk about. They just don't always do a great job defining what self-sabotage is. Anger is self-sabotage. I mean, anger is one of those things where it's like it's a defense mechanism. You can probably trace it back to when you were a kid. So I just took my 20-year-old niece down to Irvine uh, beginning of uh, this month. And um, she got her right side DSR SGB shots. 
and she's back in college up in Oregon doing great. And um, I even recorded a little short podcast with her so she could listen to herself afterwards yeah, and see the difference, you know, kind of like you and I've talked about. And, um, but her, one of her biggest issues was irrational, out of control, over the top anger. So even if you got kids at home that are displaying those kinds of things, you know, it's like, take a step back and recognize like, again, the mechanism of what's driving that. And usually it's, it is a fight and flight. It's a mechanism designed to protect you from something. So they've learned somewhere along the way that this overzealous, like over the top anger produces results. So with my niece, it's just this like out of control, chaos, screaming, yelling, hyper emotional that she grew up with that she saw that she's modeled the behavior after and in your subconscious brain is like, cool. That's, that's the model. The that's what act. you do. Yeah. That's how we do it. Yeah. And to the outside observer, you're like, this person's out of their mind. They're <laughs> absolutely psychotic. Then when they calm down, they're, they're like as normal as anybody. And you're just like, that's not even the same person, you know? And so, um, I think a big part of it is, is having the, you got to start with the why, like, why is this happening? Why am I feeling this overwhelming rage? You know, and I had a recently a good buddy of mine. He's in a pretty high level position in my department. That was his main thing. He wanted the shot for that. His exact words were the rage. I just want to get rid of this rage. And it's funny because if you knew, if you know the guy, like he, he's an intense dude, but he doesn't come off like a, like a rageaholic quote unquote, you know, but, um, and it, it did, it took the edge off of him. And, and that was the thing was it released that that mechanism within us, that physiological and biological mechanism that keeps you in that where you're just ready to go. Yeah. And so you've got to like, you've got to learn what that feels like for you and you've got to do the studying and sort of the understanding of like, um, you know, what does that feel like? You know, what does it look like in me? Does it mean that I raise my voice? Does it mean that you, that you shut down, that you just ice everybody out? Right. Um, cause like, what well, was an issue with me and my wife was when we had a fight, fuck it, dude, four days, pff, it was icebox. There's no talking, no nothing, sleep in other rooms. Uh, fuck. I might as well just work for the next four days. Cause there's not going to be any conversation here. And even if we try, forget it. Cause it's just, it's world war nine. And so, um, yeah. a lot of that's resolved now because with the SGB, we don't have that same like need to get to an 11 right now. Yeah. Um, but it was like both of us learned behaviors over years and years and years, even the learned behaviors within our own relationship that we, you know, patterns we developed from the beginning of meeting each other until, you know, four years later, we were still doing the same things. And it's just, we've only broken those patterns in this last year. And she's gotten it also as well. Yeah. Yep. So that's some other things, um, some other topics that guys have hit me up about too. They're actually getting, they, they, they've calmed down quite a bit. But now they're noticing, well, I think my wife should get it too. Yep. Oh, they're so stubborn. They're not going to get it. I can tell this, per, you know, I can tell my wife to drink a cup of water. And if she's dehydrated, she can even drink the cup of water. Yep. <laughs> right. Can you guys hear that plane too? Yeah. But uh, that's what it's like doing a podcast on a sailboat. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as the family members too, like it's not just for us as first responders. Um, like you said, your niece, that's 20 right it's uh get it if maybe numerous family members need it too um it's just trying to open conversation of what anger can look like um and tools to help overcome that if you cannot do it on your own 
and the SUB shot is just is just meant to kind of help that. But well, let's take examples like I've had conversations with guys that have got they've gotten the SUB shots right, and the anger doesn't go away. And it's like, okay, I understand you're still upset, but I'm like, have you really like paid attention to how it feels? You know, is it different now? And and that's where a lot of people don't they can't make that connection yeah. because they were so that was so normal for so long that like they thought they were calm. I thought I was calm before I got my first shot. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm like super chill. I'm the boat guy. I don't do it. You know, I'm always in my flip flops. I'm Mr. Relaxed. And it was like, I had no idea just the intensity radiating off of me. You mm-hmm. know, when you're sitting in a room. Just with the me. energy you can feel of somebody else. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I, man. I was like, dude, that's you, not me, pal. You know, yeah. like I'm just sitting here, you know. <laughs> and I've talked about that before when people ask me questions like, dude, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just sitting here. What, what do you mean? Like now I'm annoyed because you asked me. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like you know, sorry I'm not sitting here smiling like an idiot. You know, what do you want me to do? I'm, and um, but uh, to anybody that's that's you know wanting to, these answers on like how do you deal with this? It's like, well, I I think that you need to take stock too of your life. Like after you get your reset, look around. I mean, sometimes there's things that need to change in your life. Like maybe you're not happy, so there you know the person you're with might not be the right person. Exactly. It might be time to move on. Or to look at maybe some intensive uh, work between the two of you. And if that person's not willing to look in the mirror and realize that maybe they need to do some work too, hey, you know, at some point you have to recognize that like you're only responsible for yourself. And I mean, my wife and I had the same conversation where I told her, I was like, I've apologized enough for the stuff that I've done. And I have done more than I, more than I ever, anybody ever asked me to do to try to make up for my mistakes. Um, and I'm not going to quit. I'm still going to keep doing those things. But I'm like, I'm done uh, apologizing and feeling bad about it. I'm yeah. like, I've done, you know, over and above. And I'm like, so other people, hint, hint, need to take responsibility for their part in this too. Because it ain't just me. Exactly. And, you know, we had that conversation. And it's not always easier or clean. But and in my mind, I'm like, hey, at some point, it might be one of those where it's like, hey, I did everything I could. And it just didn't work out. And it's like, and maybe that person, you know, I, I maybe you get divorced. Maybe you don't. Maybe you separate for a while. I don't know. You know, I don't know what it looks like. It's obviously like so, it can feel like such a massive end of the world thing because you have so much wrapped up in these types of relationships. But if you are doing all this work, if you're recognizing that your mental health is not getting better, if your partner's not a part of that process and trying to help you, like it's time to look in the mirror and realize like you can get all the shots in your neck you want. That ain't going to fix shit, dude. Exactly. And if you're feeling like every time you have a bad day, you need to go back and get it or you need to go do something else. Like I got news for you. You're not doing the right amount of work. Exactly. Period. And yeah. so like it's time to take stock of that. So w- some of the questions I've heard from guys about that kind of stuff when we're talking about anger, it's like, it's like, dude, maybe you're mad at yourself because you know you're not doing the right thing. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever, have you ever yeah. looked in the mirror and been like, you know, I'm still doing the same stupid shit I was doing before. I wanted to go get this shot because these knuckleheads said it would help me. And yeah, it helped me a little bit, but it didn't completely fix my life. But oh, but I still do all the same things I was doing prior to that. I still drink. I still go out. I still stay up late. I eat like shit. You know, I, I, I do this. I do that. I, I work myself to death. I mean, all those things, right? Like, um, does it mean that you have to do a complete 180 and change your life completely? Like, absolutely not. You can do little changes that will like drastically improve your life. 
Yeah. Literally. I mean, that's what, if you listen to any of the stuff, if you're in any of the Huberman stuff or any of the stuff, I mean, all the little quotes they tell you, right? <laughs> like make a 1% improvement every day. And yeah. you know, in three months it's 90%. It's like, yeah, okay, great. Whatever. It's like, yeah, little changes add up to big stuff. Right. Yeah. But first and foremost, it's like taking stock of the day to day and the choices that you make. And you're the one that allows your mindset to drift into the negative, to drift into like why somebody else isn't doing what they need to be doing. Like, Oh, they should go get the shot. They should be doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not that I disagree with you. Uh, a lot of these people in our lives should. My niece absolutely needed to do it, but she had to get there on her own. Yeah, you know, she reached exactly. out to me, and, and which I was like, "Why is she texting me? She wants to come see us." I'm like, "I've barely talked to her in a while, you know." And she's as close as I have to a kid. And I realized I'm like, mm, "Okay, there's something going on. There's going to be an ask here somewhere, you know." And she shows up at the house, and you know, we hang out. I buy him dinner. And she's, you know, she then starts in on this, Hey, so this shot out and I'm like, Hey, here's how it works. Here's the deal. I think it would help you. But I'm like, it's not just the shot. Like you need to take stock. You need to start being responsible as an adult, like you're 20 years old. You're a little asshole. You need to fix some things, you know? And I go, this is this, the, the cool thing is it gives you a reset. The hard part is that now you don't have an excuse for being an asshole anymore. You know, so like exactly you get a free get out of jail free card up to that point. But once you like learn about this and you in my opinion at least, you put the time, the money, the effort in to go do this and you're still being the same, it's like, dude, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for you. Yeah. You know? So you know you can go back and do your left side. That doesn't work. They've got other stuff. You know, we know people who've gone through the ketamine protocols. Those are pretty effective as well. It works great with the shots. After the shots, you start with the biological reset. But that doesn't mean just those two things and everything's gravy. Like yeah. you still have to do the right stuff, man. Nope. You know? And it's just like, I mean, and then that's another thing is like, if you're, if your happiness is so wrapped up in a relationship with someone else, like you, you're, there's something missing with you that you got to figure out because you're not happy with you. Like I see a lot. I mean, how many times you see you guys get divorced and they're hooked back up within yep. a month, yep. two months, another divorce. three months, you know? I mean, I know guys that aren't even divorced. And yeah. they're with people already, right? There's nothing yeah. like ink on a piece of paper. Yeah. And dudes are doing that. And I'm just like, okay, brother, I I get dating and having fun, but I'm like, man, if you're if you're just looking to like jump right back into the next thing and you still haven't actually fixed what's going on with you to where you feel comfortable and like where you want to be, what you want to do. Cause that's another thing too. It's like taking stock of your life includes your address. You know, are you happy where you're living? I mean, yep. can you make a change? Yeah, most of us are fortunate enough that we can. You know, you may not think so, but if you are willing to look kind of abstractly at things, like you can. You can yeah. do things that other people can't. So, and I think that that leads into anger because you, you, at your subconscious level, you know, like you're the one holding you back. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a want, a desire, a wish, uh, usually you can do it, but you, you trick yourself into believing that you can't for whatever, whatever reason it is that you think is holding you back. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, to me, it's, it's a educational thing that is a, it's continuing education constant. I mean, like I said, I just gave an example of, I did it to myself a week and a half ago. I by no means have it all figured out. I just, it was a cool experience for me to take stock in that moment and really look at it like, mm, this is not that big a deal. And then here it is a week and a half later and say like, no, it was actually a pretty big deal. And I'm glad I made that decision then because it, it slowed that train that was starting to pick speed back up. Yeah. It slowed it back down to a manageable speed, you yeah. know? And so, well, I can even see it in your wife, man. I can see it in you. Um, talking on the phone, I can tell when you're, your ball's deep into, 
you know, just life, right? Things are happening. You're super busy. You've got, you know, a thousand things going on in different directions, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, um, I really feel like, and, and even seeing Mari, like she's just super happy. She's like, Oh, this is great. It's good to see you. And you can just see, you can just feel the, the energy. You can feel the, just being relaxed and, and, and taking that time for yourself. And that is super, super, super hard to force yourself to take time for yourself. Specifically us as first responders, because we are used to helping others, helping others. We fix, we help, we fix, we help. We all results now fix, help results. Taking time for yourself, it's like, okay, well, what am I doing? How am I being productive? Who am I helping? Where am I making a difference? It's like when you're making a difference right here at home. <laughs> you're making a difference in yourself. You're making a difference in your, uh, you know, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, whatever it is, to go back and to be a better first responder, be a better leader, be a better husband, be a better father, be a better brother. And when you take that time for yourself, um, it just makes everything so much better. It's easy to stay busy it's hard to slow down. That's what I found. I don't know if, if you feel the same or not. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of us, it's easy to always do things. It's easy to stay busy. It's easy to say, I can go do A, B, C, and D, and you can keep those seven days busy as heck and say, man, I'm so busy. I'm stressed. And these people freaking are lazy over there. And it nothing to get angry about, nothing to get pissed about. Another thing to say, yeah. you're doing more than somebody else, whatever it might be. But the purpose, and I think it's awesome. It's a great example as far as you, man, of saying, you know what? damn, how to go on the computer and say, force myself to take some time off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I follow, I follow your wife on, on Instagram and it's like to see how happy she was and just you're there. She's posting photos all day and just stoked. And, you know, you guys smiling together. It's like, to me as your buddy, like that to me, love is the biggest wealth in my, in my eyes. I know we've all heard that before, but it's like, you can do a ton of things on your own. I know a lot of people that are like when they're truly not trying to escape from something, um, alcoholism or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, if they're, they're, they're partying, doing their thing, cool, whatever. But you can do a lot of things on your own, but there is still some type of loneliness that you're missing because we are meant to be with one another. If we go to a station where we do not get along with the crew, we're going to be like, ah, oh, we want to work with people we get along with right because we're going to be like we we are community we need our tribe if it's at the house or if it's uh you know out with our friends or if it's you know on the job so um you know i know just just for me my perspective outside looking in i even see a difference in the marriage dude and i, I just i gotta like <laughs> you're my buddy but i want to commend you bro like i know that's and everyone else listening to this like take take you know take note of of what we're talking about because I think a lot of us, and I think I know a lot of us go through the same stuff. Um, when you go and, and, you know, with your wellness nights, you're hearing wives say the same thing. You're hearing, you know, maybe kids say the same things about their father or their mother. Um, take note of where you are. Listen to what your spouse is saying versus getting pissed off right away and say, hmm, like you said, take note and take that initiative. Look yourself in the mirror and go, what can I do to make this better? Sometimes you can't. Like you said, sometimes the scenarios are just bad, but why are they bad? Is it both you guys? Is it just you? Is it where you live? Is it your paycheck? Is it your crew? Is it the department you're working at? Whatever it might be. I'm not trying to be a marriage counselor or a therapist, but I'm just straight up talking about real life stuff that we all deal with. 
And when we hear other people talk in the same way, we can resonate with that and be like, oh, cool. They tried this. Maybe I can try that too. So, um, and, uh, well, I think understanding is like one of the keys to kind of resolving anger to a certain degree. So there's a guy that when I was in the center of excellence, man, he was one of my favorites. This guy was just an absolute 10 and, uh, it's probably the, probably the third, fourth, fifth night I went to the AA meetings there. I've talked about those in the past podcast, but like, that's where we did a lot of our work where we just shared in a big group. Um, this dude just randomly shared one night and he talked about uh, a big event that happened in his house and what led him sort of to come into the center of excellence. So a lot of it was driven by drinking, but he had basically had a night where he just lost his shit. Um, and he didn't, he didn't do anything like physically to his family, but just the rage coming out of him, he was just yelling and screaming at everybody. And, and he went down the way he described it anyways, was like, um, you know, like hulking out, you know, just this, and he was a pretty stacked dude, big buff kid, you know, like tough dude, truck fireman. And, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, man. And I just was so pissed. And I went down the hall and my, my daughter locked herself in the room and he was just beating on the door, I guess, you know, and I guess the, the wife and the other daughter were like videotaping him. So then for him to see that the next day when he was sober was just so embarrassing and horrifying that, it kind of set him on the path for going to the to the center of excellence from what I understand and what I remember of him talking about this. But when he told that story, I remember like just the shame and the guilt that he had from that. And him and I had a lot of one-on-one conversations. And one of the things that I, I talked to him about that I, I thought was interesting was I was like, well, have you ever t- talked to, because I don't want to get into his personal stuff, but basically like his, he had two daughters and they were both, they were both married, but both living with them, both young kids in their early twenties. And he wasn't exactly fans of the of the people uh, they were married to. I'll just leave it like that. And uh, and I just said, well, have you ever talked to these people? Have you ever like just tried to get to know them and their background and like what makes them tick and why they're not like you? And you know, because you want them to be a certain way and do certain things. And I'm like, and that's just not how things work, man. And yeah. It was funny because like he's like, no, I've never. He's like, it's just it's my house. And I'm like, no, I get it. But I'm like, you know, they're human beings. Like, like that's in order to dissolve some of your anger, like maybe like, imagine how terrifying you are to these kids. Yeah. They're 20 years old, dude. I'm like, you're, you're no joke, man. You're, you're, uh, you know, solid dude, man. <laughs> like you can, I could see you getting fired up and being kind of scary. And I'm like, imagine how terrifying you are to them. And he, he just was like, he never thought of it that way. And I don't think most of us do realize like how, terrifying you can be as a as a fireman when you're at home and you're just letting loose like you're you know on the side of some road yelling at a homeless person or whatever on the fire you know <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. like and it, it, it sounds funny but it's not right and then yeah, and the true. thing is it's like um so why and again start with why like like dive into like what is making you so mad and i think with firemen a lot of times it's when we don't know something and then so when we talk about education um there's no like easy one size fits all answer. And that's why I was saying like, it seems like a small example, but it's not, it's a big deal to recognize like, Hey, this, this, just this little bit of irritability and impatience and, and me feeling this way is, um, is a, is a sign now is a warning sign for me. So it's almost like, you know, you'd catch an engine light, come on real quick and you'd address that really fast. So I've tried to like bookmark that in my brain as an engine light warning for me, you know? No, that that's a good point, dude. It's a, we, you know, many departments, we do the yearly, uh, 
health and wellness or uh, you know blood work and you do your physical uh, test every year and, and you know you're fat and you do the EKG and, and your breath work and stuff like that and it's so a lot of us do it why because you know we get a little bonus okay cool if you if you participate in this you're gonna get X amount of dollars or whatever added to your paycheck right whatever so you go and just reach your minimum score so oh, I can I can get an extra whatever um, you know at the end of the year but really what you're doing is you're doing a checkup on your body and in some of those tests I'm not sure how you know out in Fresno but I know with the departments I've worked oh man you got a heart issue man something's going on if they never did that checkup they would have never known they would have just kept living their life mm -hmm. so it is our job because the mental side the brain unless you're going in to get a spec scan <laughs> or something <laughs> like that um, you're not gonna see what you're not gonna fully see what's happening inside this brain but you're gonna feel it so it's up to us to recognize the signs it's up to us just like you did do I have to take some time off if we go to the doctor to, to get our blood pressure we can't we can kind of tell oh you know maybe somebody has some you know palpitations or you run super fast you can feel your heart beating fast after a really good exercise um if you have a lack of sleep i'm tired so you there's signs we have you go get a, a a checkup at the doctor you get your blood level something's off right so you get your blood work done so you're able to address that issue that's the thing I've noticed with with the brain in particular, the mental health side is we don't we can't really run those diagnostics. But the diagnostic you just did is what you did to make sure that you're running the best for yourself and for your family and the job. So that's kind of how I look at it and you have to be really in tune with yourself. And I think the more we've had these conversations and the more getting into this mental health side, I'm realizing I think you're realizing a lot of people are not in tune with themselves. Oh yeah, no, that's the, I think that's the majority of it because like you said, all these conversations we've had with people where it's like, oh, the shot's wearing off or this, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. just that statement tells me you don't know shit about what you're talking about. Yeah, it yeah. means that you just haven't, you know, you don't even know how it works. It's like, I mean, some people then defend that and say, oh, I get it. And I'm just saying that it's, I'm starting to get more of this and more of that. And it's like, well, what are you doing? And if I bet if you take real stock, it's like, you're doing the same thing you were doing before. It's like, well, you already saw where that led. Exactly. Right. So it's like me, I was telling you earlier, I've been thinking uh, about as far as like my drinking. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to drink again. You know, I was at a point where I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to put a timestamp on it. I'm never going to, I'm not going to throw down a definitive statement that I'm never going to drink again just because I don't know if that's true. Um, but I'm leaning more towards that as the days go by. Um, and um, it's just because I feel good, man. I don't, I don't want it. I don't crave it. I don't need it. I don't, you know, and even though it's like, oh, let's go to dinner and have a glass of wine. It's like, in theory, that sounds good. But again, why can't I just go to dinner and have a glass of water and hang out with you? You know, I mean, the problem is, is that if I need a glass of wine to go to dinner with you, like maybe I don't want to fucking hang out with you. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I'm laughing, but it's true. I don't mean to laugh. But <laughs> I know it's true because it's what we do. Yeah. No, I said it to be funny, but you know, it's exactly, it's, it's one of yeah. those deals where like, uh, buddy, uh, both of ours, um, who got the shots, you know, him and I were talking and we ended up talking several hours on the phone. I hadn't seen the guy in five years, you know, and I, I, I mean, he's an acquaintance of mine and I, he, he's more of a buddy now after that conversation, but we were both laughing on the phone because we're like, dude, if we were at the bar right now, we'd be on our sixth beer, starting to get tuned up, starting to tell the same bullshit war stories, start talking about, let's fucking throw darts, play pool, chase this girl, you know, let's, let's, I mean, by this point, we definitely have had two shots at least, right? 
and uh, let's eat some shit food, maybe, if not, just drink our food the rest of the night. Pretty much. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like the same story over and over and over. So it's like, man, I've seen where this movie leads. And it's just like, so if I go do that again, who's that on? And does that mean that if I got buddies that do it, there's something wrong? Absolutely not. Dude, like, have at it. I, it's just like, for me personally, I, I'm, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards like, yeah, I just don't really even see a need for it in my life personally and uh but i'm also like i'm still just kind of kind of navigating that one you know and i think that that's a big part of this whole process is just you know learning how to diffuse um all those negative thoughts all those all those things that suck you back into the patterns that you know you think you need or you think have to happen and um yeah it's just a balance constant balance you know yeah no, it, it's it's so true, man. Um, I think anger and loneliness just they just go hand in hand because you're angry because you you want to you know you want to feel something. You're lonely, you want to feel something. So uh, you know, like you said, you go to drink, and I think that wasn't my issue. Um, but I think in the fire service or in the first responder realm or just this kind of job, I think uh, alcohol is a very very big it kind of it's honestly it's sad to see man it's it's a big issue and uh i'm not i'm not hey go go do what you got to do but just calling it out for what it is um when you you know you said the word process this mental health thing or the, the brain side i say mental health but i really like to say brain work because that's really what you're working on is your brain um and uh Alcohol is very toxic for the body, man. I mean, there's studies and studies and studies and studies that show that. And like you said, you with saying, I'm not sure if I want to drink again. It's not telling people not to drink. There's nothing wrong with having a beer, having some whiskey or having a glass of wine. That's not what, I, that's not what I'm saying. What we're, what we're saying, it's like, do what you got to do. But it's that, that uh, when it's exaggerated, it's, it's you have to have that to cope. You go, you're camping with the boys and it's like, oh, there's a 24 pack. Let's, let's pop another one. Hey, let's go have this. And you're having to drink to get through your day or to relax at night to get back to work the next day or through the marriage or to deal with your kids. There's an issue there. That's what we're talking about. If you want to drink, go and drink, do, do what you got to do. But, um, that will just, it's a personal thing. And that's, that's what I'm getting at, right? Exactly. I'm sharing me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you want to do. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I'm just saying, yeah. so I'm not preaching. It's yeah. like, dude, yeah. I believe me. I'm the last guy that's going to preach about that shit. I fucking yeah. my ass off. Yeah. And I had fun doing it. So it's not that I'm advocating. It's some bad thing. I'm just saying that like, that's a personal explanation. If you're asking the questions to us of like, how do you do this? And how do you, exactly. um, you know, it's just like, Hey, here's how I'm doing this right now. And I'm still navigating a lot of it, you yep. know, um, and the anger part, it's, I mean, that I definitely, I haven't had anywhere near, um, the anger I experienced before yeah. since April of this last year when I got that shot. Yeah. You know I mean? But I've been angry Yeah, plenty of times this last year where stupid shit makes me mad. Uh, important stuff makes me mad. I mean, you know, things that legitimately should make me mad do. I mean, exactly. there's a lot of dumb stuff that happens. I work with dumb asses at times. There's, you know, we go on stupid calls, uh, dumb shit happens at home. Um, you know, there's always something going on, but it's just a matter of like, we build it up in our heads to be more of a boogeyman than it really is. And it's just, sometimes it's just really easy to just deal with stuff and move on and just before it becomes this giant problem, that's harder to move. So, yeah. And for me that with the booze, that's where I look at it. It's just like risk versus gain. I'm like, fuck dude, it took a DUI to wake me up. And it's like, not that I'm worried I'm going to get another DUI, but I'm just thinking like, 
what 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 value would booze add to my life you know and at yeah. this point i just can't even i i literally am trying to find positives and i can't yeah you know and so that that's kind of like hey stupid pay attention to what it's telling you yeah so same thing goes for you like whoever you are out there whatever you're hearing it's like you you usually know what's going on you usually know what you need to do or not do and so like you know when you're asking people how to do this stuff it's like you probably internally already know the answer and if you're looking for an external validation it's hard to do because nobody can read your mind so it's like if you're not happy in your marriage there's lots of stuff you do to address that right if you're not happy with you know your weight your diet your drinking your this your that your job your lots of different things to look at on uh, you know where you live you know it's like the pill's not going to fix it. The shot's not going to fix it. Go talk your ass off in therapy, not going to fix exactly. it. Exactly. Because you're still going to come back to this environment you're not happy in. And you're still going to continue down the same path that you're not happy in. And and that, you know, I think um, we didn't really talk too much about the loneliness aspect of this that you people wanted to talk about. But um, that's a weird one for me. I mean, I've I lived on a boat by myself for almost 10 years. So I suppose I've spent a few minutes alone. Um, but I usually liked solitude, you know. Um I've been lonely, sure, but not crippling, um, which I know exists. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, I want to go back onto your, uh, <laughs> the shot doesn't fix a marriage. I have had people reach out to me <laughs> and they're like, damn, dude, my wife just pissed me off. I thought the shot was going to help with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, yeah. that the, the shot's isn't a therapist the shot isn't gonna fix did you measure the level of pissed off that you were at yes versus what you were at before yeah oh yeah yeah i, yeah. Was, I wasn't i didn't want to rip the fucking door off the hinges mm. yeah. yeah so it helped there you go so yeah. it worked like yeah. yeah people still do things that make us mad exactly like, you know yeah and and another thing is like turn the fucking news off man Dude, stop Dude. stop feeding into like the negativity constantly around us if you're a person like i, I would argue that if you look at your own like social media feeds and your your news feeds and the stuff you look at that'll tell you everything you need to know so if you're bombarded with all this negative news it means that you're tending to trend towards those things so stop stop looking at stuff that's just frustrating you and angering you or reinforcing to you that the world's falling apart you know and it's just like because that's what you're going to believe yeah you know yeah. and it's just i don't know what to tell you man like that's that's you yeah like, own it be, you know, take some ownership in it and realize that it's not your therapist's fault. It's not your wife's fault. It's not, you know, it's not your coworker's fault. It's not alcohol's fault. Yep. You know, it's you. Like, yeah. you're the one that's ultimately responsible for your decisions. Are you watching stuff daily on YouTube that benefits your mind on, you know, like bolstering your understanding of your thought process, or your understanding of your sympathetic nervous system of, you know, just silly things or you watch ted talks i mean you pick it there's a ton of stuff you know i'm constantly watching random stuff that makes no sense i mean and there's stuff that i'm like okay i i got a little nugget out of that and there's other stuff that i'm just like i sit in for hours afterwards i'm like wow that was really profound you know yeah but that's that's a choice like yep. i could easily go down the rabbit hole of just looking at boats or something you know because i like boats and it's just like oh there's there's a place for that too you know but i intentionally seek out the positive things that are, um, you know, trying to like force me to grow, force me out of a comfort zone to a certain degree. And what you just said, dude, is huge. That word intention. I think, uh, you know, a lot of us are goal driven. We have to reach this specific destination or this specific goal. And we're not going through the process. We're losing the intention behind what we're doing. Yeah. And when you set your intention for the day, um, if you're feeling angry or lonely, just some, some tools to help you out. 
Um, you know, we can talk all day, but it's like, how, how can I feel less anger? Okay, cool. Get the SGB shot. Okay, cool. Work on the internal self. Okay, cool. But what do you do? So uh, a good thing to do is set your intention for the day versus I'm going to have this goal by the end of the day. That's great. I'm not saying not to have a goal, but there is a big difference between having your intentions, how you want to act and uh, think throughout the day to get to that specific goal. That's where the work is made. It's not just reaching the goal. Yeah. So when you set your intent, and that, this is a lot of the stuff that when you start putting the work in, like you said, with your mindset, um, it may not seem that big to everybody listening on oh, a freaking intention versus a goal. I don't give a crap to you. What the hell is this freaking guy preaching? No, it does make a difference, actually. Yeah. It really, truly does. And when you're saying, okay, my intentions for the day are to be less angry. My intentions for the day are to seek out happiness versus feeling lonely. My intentions for the day are to be a better communicator. My intentions for the day are to eat healthier. My intentions for the day are to be more present. So now you have these intentions for the day. And at the end of the day, the goal is already going to be met. Yeah. So it's the process. So that's kind of just what I want to talk about as far as far as that. So, yeah. No. And, it's, and once you said it, I mean, then it takes effort all day long to make yep. sure you're following through. It doesn't exactly. just, it's not as easy to wake up. I'm going to do this today. And then you still do the same stupid shit you do yep. every day and expect to change. It's just not yep. going to happen. So yeah. that's where, you know, I don't, um, no, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of like normally with our podcast is took a life of its own, but, um, I think maybe the loneliness one we can revisit in another yeah. like separate episode. Cause that's probably like a bigger topic on, um, I would actually be interested to explore yours with, uh, with you and Sable to a certain degree. Cause yeah. I'm sure you can talk about a lot of that stuff. And then, yeah. um, in that context, at least, like I said, I'm not really, that's not something that I've told, I haven't really struggled with a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in a tough guy way. I just, I did. I liked living on the boat by myself. I mean, I like people. I spent a lot of time around the world with lots of cool people, but I spent a lot of time on the boat by myself, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, Charles Bukowski has some great quotes about, uh, loneliness and freedom and, you know, is it freedom or is it loneliness? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and there's some, there's some cool stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I think, um, no, this is good, man. I think the wind's picking up. So I don't know if our mics are picking all the wind up, but I want to give a couple more little just maybe tips that can help people. You, you brought it up with your, your feed on social media. Um, in the morning, guys, just try it out or, or women, you know, men and women. Um, maybe set yourself out or set uh, an intention or uh, whatever, however you want to talk to yourself um, for, the, the, for the morning, maybe your first 10 minutes, 20 minutes, five minutes. We all have a routine. Our brain is going to be, our brain is going to be hardwired to whatever routine we give it. It may not be a bad routine. You might get up, drink a cup of water, then go brush your teeth, then go to the bathroom, uh, take a shower, have a cup of coffee, talk to the wife, head out to work, breakfast, whatever. That's not bad. Some might have maybe toxic morning routines like you were talking about. Um, the first thing a lot of us do, we get up, Hey, we're going to go check our email right away. We're going to go look at the news feed right away. We're going to check Instagram because you want to feel a part of something right away. Facebook, whatever your TikTok is, whatever it might be. Now you have this feed of just stuff, 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 pulling you in a ton of different directions. And now your, your day is going to go that way. And you might see something that pisses you off. So now you're going to start your first five minutes. You wake up, I'm going to click that phone on and you're already angry. Wife does something to piss you off, something in the bathroom, kids do something to piss you off. And now you're already in that anger mode. And now you're behind the eight ball versus being ahead of it. So it's like 
give yourself something, a good solid morning routine. It doesn't have to be this two, three, four, five hour thing you have to do. There are so many things out there where you're like, man, this is like a 20 step morning routine. I, have, I don't have any time for that. The purpose is to control your thoughts, control your mindset. If the first thing you do is get off the bed a certain way, try getting off the bed a different way. Um, if you're brushing your teeth, typically with your right hand, try brushing your teeth your, with your left hand. If you eat dinner with your right hand or eat whatever with your right hand, do something with your left hand. What it's doing is you're trying to get to those neurotransmitters in your brain to then challenge yourself to focus on something different that it's not used to. It doesn't have to be complicated, but those things make a very big difference um, in your brain and your, uh, your neural pathways to help yourself overcome challenges and to critically think and focus on things that matter versus just going to be pissed off right away. So if you find yourself getting angry, um, in the morning, give yourself something positive to do. And uh, maybe it's not scrolling something. Maybe it's just getting up and say, I'm going to do a quick two, three minute breath work um, and just do a little quick meditation in the morning and give myself five things I'm going to be grateful for and then go start the day. Then go, then go do your routine. It can be a, a 20 second thing. All you're trying to do is switch it up out of your normal routine to get your brain to think a different way. Does, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, just trying to give you guys some different tools to help if you're, if you're struggling with that. Because a lot of guys have come to me and be like, hey man, what, what, what's your morning routine? What have you done to get out of negative thinking? Or if you're so you know pissed off and angry, those are the things I do. Um, maybe if you don't think it, write it down right quick. Go into your notes pad and be like, you know what? I got a great night's sleep or I'm so thankful for this bed right now. I get to go do whatever. I, I woke up today. I get to walk. Just start focusing on those things and right away it's not going to fix everything. But with repetition, with that self-discipline, those little things, like you said, that 1% better every day leads up to this. And those things do matter. And so if you're str struggling with that, just try those things and um, it, it, it'll work if you stay consistent with yourself. So that's all I got. Right on. No, that's good, man. I think that's really solid. That's, yeah. uh, um, well, we'll, uh, we'll close it out with that. So Yeah. Uh, so how can we reach you again? Oh yeah, same, <laughs> same. Uh, RIC Fire Captain at gmail.com. Yep, and you can reach me at epagetcoaching at gmail.com. So we thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys got something out of it. Um, we know it took a little bit to get it flowing, but hey, it's been a bit. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.